You know, if I could just get past this first lift, the rest would be a breeze. I know it. I'm telling you, Charles. Charles? Charles. Hold on, wait a minute. Wait one second. I think I'm onto something here. This is pure snow. It's everywhere. Have you any idea what the street value of this mountain is? Charles. Wait a minute, wait a minute, hold it. Ah! Oh! Oh! Outrageous! I think I froze the left half of my brain! Look! I can't move my right arm! Will you get serious? The thoughts and ideas expressed in this podcast are solely those of the authors and guests of the podcast. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to Soberless Thoughts. I'm Mike Edenberg. I'm Alex Forley. Hello and welcome to the show, everybody from North Carolina. Go on and raise up. <laughs> Dude, so Waylon comes walking into the bathroom the other morning. Mm-hmm. First thing he does, he just kicks the door. Did I tell you about this? He kicks the door open and looks me dead in the face and says, no bed, stupid. dude i've been watching like comedy shit on tiktok for like a solid 40 minutes up until this point probably right so i was already like in the perfect state of mind for this to happen so he does (laughs) he does that and dude i just lose it like he's right. dead serious. <laughs> I lose it, dude. I'm crying. I'm laughing so hard. I can't I can't even fucking take it. <laughs> so so then and he's like starts he starts giggling a little bit because I'm laughing so hard, right? Right. <laughs> and then finally I I like calm down and I'm like, "Hey, look. You can't be calling people names." Okay? <laughs> and he and at this point he'd already like walked halfway out of the room. He turns around, sticks his head back into the bathroom, <laughs> looks me right in the eye, and says, Well then maybe you should change your name to stupid. <laughs> uh, I, was, I was like, oh, 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 okay. All right. Well played. Well played, <laughs> sir. <laughs> Four years old. Yeah. Already already doing that. <laughs> well, I have to say, I know where he gets it from. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> All right. Tonight. 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 Uh, Alex, we're going to be talking about the uh, Diet Love Pass incident. Oh, yeah, that, that, that old chestnut. That, that, old, that old thing. That old, yeah. that old mystery that happened back in 1959. Oh, okay. Well, and since it's a pass, it's a, something that happened on a pass. We're going to be drinking the Buddy Pass. The Buddy Pass. Tell us about the Buddy Pass from Brecker Ridge. 
Well, the Buddy Pass is a small batch series called the Buddy from the Breckenridge Brewery out of Colorado, United States. It is a stout American Imperial. Uh, it's Imperial Stout. It's at 10.5% alcohol. So, boom, it's got a kick to it. <clears throat> it's got a rating of eight. Uh, this, they didn't have a score on it, so this must be like a newer release uh, on the Beer Unsi Beer Advocates. Actually, let me let me read this little uh, snippet I found for it because I also realized that. So I noticed. Uh, so I know a lot of breweries and distilleries have started doing this. So what happens is, <clears throat> so this beer. They made imperial stout. So they made a stout and they put it in barrels, either bourbon or whiskey, uh, whiskey age barrels. So it's as this says, Buddy passes a whiskey barrel age imperial oatmeal stout. That's a little bit more descriptive. So they made an imperial oatmeal stout. They put it in a whiskey barrel, let it age. You get some of those notes from the whiskey. Some of it comes out, bumps up the ABV. Boom. But I also found out while doing a little research on this, they take those and then they will actually put it in or then they'll take whiskey and put it back into those barrels. So now you have a stout aged whiskey. Damn. Do they sell that Breckenridge? It it said they did. And they had a little I don't it sounds like it might be hard to find. But if we look hard enough, we might be able to find it. That would be something I would be interested in trying. Uh, I'll definitely split that with you if you want to, um, because yeah. that is unique. Um, so this is their little log line, if you want to call it that. Uh, let me get my announcer voice on. <clears throat> We've partnered with our buddies at Breckenridge Distillery to bring you a whiskey barrel aged beer worthy of sharing this summer season. Velvety and complex, our barrel aged imperial stouts has a note of semi-sweet dark chocolate covered cherries espresso and toffee hints of caramel sweetness for breckenridge distillery's high rye bourbon barrels blend effortlessly effortlessly i mess it up i'm fired while flaked oats are added for a silky mouthfeel bold boozy and smooth buddy pass is a best shared with a good friend get out i know get out of the booth this is disney you son of a bitch (laughs) <laughs> oh. <laughs> I feel like the only thing left to do now is to taste it. Yep, let's try it. Charles. Yes. That stranger coming up here, and you don't recognize him. I know you're pretty well. Got a voice like sugar, sugar in your tea, and he could sing you in a song. I sing it sweeter than me. Blind your eyes, steal your tongue. You'll take it when you're older. Somebody likes on you
blind your eyes Steal your tongue Get you in your own now This is what I got to tell you about this, Alex. I get hints of the Kentucky bourbon barrel ale. (laughs) Okay. Hints of that, but it's not, it's a little lighter than that, actually. Really? So if I was going to compare it, I would feel like it, it compares a little bit lighter than that. But it leaves like a little bit of drainage in the back of the throat. Just a little bit of, I feel like a little bit of drainage coming out of my sinuses into the back of my throat back there. Right. And then when I swished it around amongst my teeth, my teeth, all, all of them said, whoo, they did, (laughs) they all, my teeth did that. I don't know what that means, but yeah, that's what happened. I mean, you know, for 90% of marketing teams, they love to hear the word drainage. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Unless they're working for Mucinex, they're like, hell yeah. Keep yeah. telling us. <laughs> mm. Or the Nasonex yeah. B. <laughs> Although I did, I mean, I had, I've taken three drinks of it now and the bottle is more than halfway gone. That sounds tasty. So it is, it is delicious. Of course, I could have just been thirsty. Yeah. There's that option. That's a possibility. I was thirsty. Uh, I've got a lot to talk about tonight, so maybe I'm just trying to quench my thirst before I start on my motor mouth later. (laughs) And and all of the, by the way, all of the Russian names that I'm about to pronounce are 100% accurate, just so you know. So so basically, you're saying you're going to pull exactly what i did when i did the uh nine-tailed fox story or the death rock with all these different names from all over the world and i was like mm-hmm. yep <laughs> nope so what i did was i put first names and a last initial wise man because wise man that's all you really need to fucking know right 
I, I wish I just would have gave them nicknames. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, I did that with a couple of them too. Yeah. <laughs> not not going not gonna lie. That's, there's at least three nicknames in there. Nice. One of them's just one letter. <laughs> <laughs> so you've really never heard of the uh Dijloff. Dijloff pass no at all okay so this this we're we're just going to get right into this uh right into this okay right into this because we listen if you just google search uh then this the name of this or or not google search but just search on your podcatcher there's at least 300 other podcasts that have done this oh wow it's spelled D Y A T L O V pass. And it's named after like the lead hiker that was going through this pass, the Dyatlov pass incident is what a lot of people uh, refer to it as because it's, it's still a mystery as to what right. happened to these poor, poor individuals. All right. So the Dyatlov. Dietlov, die, Dietlov, Dietlov. There we go. Dietlov, Dietlov. Pass. Uh, it's named after Igor Dietlov. Go. Who would have thought? Who would have thought it? So, uh, cast of characters here. We've got nine hikers who go hiking. Nineteen fifty-nine, uh, end of January, beginning of February. And basically the Ural mountains in Siberia. And, uh, so they, so they go hiking. They're going to go hike. So these guys, okay. A lot of different places will call them students or tourists, but really these guys are like super experienced, uh, hikers, like mountaineers, like, like full on rock climbing mountaineer type individuals. Right. Like, like these guys know exactly what they're doing. Right. So, so when uh, they're found a uh, passed away, this is like a big deal. Okay. Yeah. So, so what happens is they're found passed away. Nobody knows how it happened. Now it's a mystery. Okay. Figure it out. What happened? All right, let's figure it out. Oh, I th- what? What? Is, that was it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. All right. So for real. Uh, so originally there was going to be ten, but one guy had to drop out like right before they actually got out there because he had like sciatic nerve damage. Ooh. Okay. Which like flared up every once in a while. Right. So like right before they started, his sciatic started flaring up and he's like, I can't, I can't do it. Not today. Right. So he dropped out. So I'm not really even going to talk much about him because he wasn't part of it and he lived. Right. So the other remaining nine will go into the, we'll go into the cast of characters here real quick, just so you get a little background on these people. So you know that they're not just some kind of like a me and you trying to, trying to hike on this mountain. (laughs) Right. 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 
Right. <laughs> so uh, first we got Igor Dyatlov, which it's all, you know, the whole thing's named after him. So yeah. he's a 23-year-old uh, radio wizard who attends the uh, top college. Most of all these people all attend like the top college in Russia. It's the the UP, they, it's called the initials are UPI and I forgot to write down what that stands for. But basically that's like uh like the Yale or the or the Harvard of yeah. of Russia, right? And these got like all the top all the top people from Russia all attend this college. Igor is no is no uh is no different here. He this is he's a 23-year-old fourth or fifth year student. Uh he's known as like a radio wizard. He he like invented some new type of radio which was actually against the law at the time. You're not allowed. It's against the law to invent radios. <laughs> In Russia at the time. But uh by the by the way, I think I found the university, maybe. Because I put UPA College Russia, and it came up with Comp U- UPI. Uteriana, UPI? Yeah. yeah, that's what I put. UPI. What did I say? UPA? Oh, no. UPI. I put UPI. Uh, comp Uteria Sekola Urf or the Ural State Technology University. Yeah, know, that's, that's it. That's it. Your old state. Exactly. Yep, that's it. Your old state. Yep. Okay. Yep. Uh, so, uh, anyways, uh, he's like a expert guide when it comes to leading these types of hikes and these types right. of mountain climbing expeditions. And uh, this one that he's about to go on here is is like super difficult. It's like ranked uh, like ranked uh, number three, whatever that means as far as difficulty which is the highest difficulty and if he can if he can somehow make it through to the other side uh he would be considered a quote unquote master guide okay so, so that's his goal that's what yeah. is you know so then along along the ride and these are all like all buddies all friends of his okay buddy pass right yeah so We've got a couple guys named Yuri. You got Yuri D and Yuri K. I'm not even going to attempt their last names. <laughs> so Yuri D is a 21 year old fourth year student uh, at the at that same UPI college, and he's known as like all these guys. By the way, I'm not even going to mention anymore, but they're all super experienced mountaineers and hikers. Right. Okay. So uh, he, but uh, like a little side note on this guy, the Yuri D is he's a tough dude. He once chased a bear away from his camp with nothing but a hammer. Yeah. He was naked, had a hammer swinging between his legs and ran that bear right off. Damn. That's a badass dude. That's a badass dude. Now, this is a badass dude we're talking about, right? A badass it's the one that said badass motherfucker on it. Um, so then yeah. we've got Yuri K, who's a 23-year-old graduate of the UPI. And uh, he actually 
currently at this time in 1959 worked at a secret nuclear facility inside of a secret city that wasn't even allowed to be on a map. Mm. Like you couldn't even enter the, the, the vicinity of the city unless you had top secret clearance. Wow. And that's where this guy worked. Nice. Right. I mean, talk about a job. No kidding. So that, so this is the, this is, so this is the caliber of people that are going on this hike. Okay. Right. So there's him. And then we've got, uh, his buddy, a 24 year old student who is also a student at UPI who is, his name's Alexander K Alexander, Alexander. What's up player. And he's working on his second degree. Uh, because he already had uh, another degree from the University of Moscow, I think it was, where, and he was currently working in the Ministry of Medium Machine Building. What is and, this? The, the, the meeting of Tony Starks of Russia? So the Ministry of Medium Machine Building, what they did was uh, just a little medium machine thing called uh, the nuclear bomb. Yeah. yeah. Wow. So, so they, that's what they did. They built nuclear bombs and that's what he was going back to school for was uh, like nuclear engineering or some shit like that. <laughs> Damn. Right. Yeah. So, this is a crazy group of people. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So that's, that's the next guy. Yeah. So uh, there was actually two girls in this group of nine people. Uh, the first one was a girl named Zen, Zenate, Zenadia uh, K, but but she went by Zena, so we're going to call her Zena, <laughs> who was a 22-year-old student at also at UPI. And also a warrior princess. Also a warrior princess. Yep. She was known to be very tough, brave, and beautiful. She liked to enter a room going, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, sorry. Basically. She yeah. Did, she would like do the world the uh the whirlwind thing with yeah. tomahawks over top of her head right or the the circle thing like she's a predator uh yeah exactly yeah I, i'm pretty sure that's I'm pretty sure yeah. there's a video of her somewhere doing that yeah she definitely killed a predator and took its weapons oh so yeah without a doubt yeah without <laughs> a doubt yeah yeah dude so the uh thing about her is so the yuri d the guy who chased the bear away with nothing but a hammer yeah used to date xena mm, now the plot thickens yeah they're exes so so xena but is is currently dating igor the main guy oh okay so so she broke up with Broke up with old Yuri, old Bear Hammer. She broke up old with Bear, Bear Hammer, old Bear Hammer, and is now dating Igor. Yeah, Igor the guide. Okay, so a little little background on her. Yeah, what a what a downshift. Like right. that dude chased a bear with a hammer. Right, uh, and you're our camp counselor. <laughs> right, basically. Yeah, yeah. I need somebody with more stability. 
Yeah, right. He <laughs> listens. <laughs> and the other girl is a girl named Ludomelia, who went by Luda. Luda. And she is, and she's the, the youngest out of the group. She's just a 20 year old student at UPI. She is a devout communist, like hardcore, <laughs> hardcore, like going and like holding up signs, like very vocalist, very passionate, comes from a hardcore. Yeah. Cause this is, cause this at the time, Russia's all communist, obviously. Right. Yeah. And so she's like, comes from this, this well to super well to do family that's they're basically raising her to be this commie princess and she's all about it. (laughs) Is that a funny? I don't know why those two words together made me laugh. Commie princess. Yeah. Uh, That's what you, I'm going to call somebody that at the bar. You're fucking commie princess. (laughs) I was like, girl, yeah, look, I've had enough of you. You're like a commie princess right now. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) But dude, she's tough as fucking nails too. She oh, was there's this story about her where she was out on a hike and uh a hunter accidentally shot her in the leg. And she and the hunter like came over to like, oh shit, are you okay? And she knocked the hunter out, punched him in the face, broke his jaw, knocked him out, and then drug him out of the woods. Damn. Yeah. I mean, Russia is a different <laughs> set of people. It really is. This is the craziest shit. Like, even though that sounds like a backwoods love story that you would hear at eat, like <laughs> some of the parts where I'm from, like, well, how'd they get together? Well, she, he accidentally shot her. She knocked him out and thought, Hey, he's pretty cute. <laughs> right. 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 <laughs> so, yeah, so that's Luda. Okay. Yeah. So then we got then we got Rustum. We'll, we'll just call him Rusty. Thank you, because Rustum. Yeah, Rustum. I don't like that. Yeah, that has a weird Rustum. Yeah, it's like man, I've those cars are great, but man, they're a little Rustum. Yeah, right, exactly. Yeah. So, uh, Rusty, he is a twenty-three-year-old, great recent graduate of UPI. And he actually works with uh, Yuri K at that he secret hidden facility. Okay. So like they're they're colleagues. They work together. They're they're buddies. Oh, right. And a and a, a little side note on Rusty is he likes to play the ukulele or no, the mandolin. The mandolin. Okay, that would make more sense. Yeah. So. Everywhere he goes, he's playing the mandolin. Because that's the sound that the mandolin makes. You damn right. That's the sound that the mandolin makes. And then finally, we have uh, Nicholas TB, or he goes by Nick. Nick. Yeah. And he's a 23-year-old UPI graduate uh, whose father was actually anti-commie and got locked up and was doing like 10 hard years in a work camp and died in the work camp when Nick was like nine. Damn. 
Yeah, but somehow he got mingled in because he went to UPI with these other like super pro commie guys. Mm. So there might be a little story behind the scenes with him too. That's funny because as you said, Nick, I was like, man, he sounds like a fuck boy. But now after that, I was like, now nah, now he sounds like the hardest one of the group. It's like absent father been to jail, like against the government. Like yeah. that dude probably had some hard like. That dude like eats bullets and spits out like gold coins and uh, all that. And still smart as fuck because all these people are UPI students. Grads, and graduates. Yeah. yeah. That's so, crazy. Like, yeah. Um, so then the final member of the group is arguably the uh, most interesting. <laughs> if you can believe it. Damn. I don't know if it can beat Luda, but yeah, go ahead. Right. So this guy's name is Semyon Z- Zartan, basically. Zartan? <laughs> but Zadolinsky, Zanataro, I don't know. I don't, all I put was Z, and I'm just yeah. going to call him Z. Yeah. So all these other cats are like in their early 20s, right? This dude's 38 years old. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Okay. I know why. I know why he's with the group. So, so listen to this. So yeah. he is not a member. All the rest of them are all buddies and friends. Okay. Right. They all go. I mean, a couple of them are dating each other. Like they all go way back. They all know each other from school. This guy is not part of that clique. Is having a midlife crisis. Okay. Uh, so the only reason that he is even in this group with these people is because UPI, he's trying to get a job as basically uh, a hiking instructor at UPI. And they're like, hey, uh, to get a little more experience with like our hiking team. <laughs> right. <laughs> Which is, I guess, basically what this group is. Yeah. We want you to go out with them on this expedition because this is like their winter break when they're doing this, right? Right. So he's like, all right. So they bring him in to go out on this expedition with all these young bucks and basically see if he can carry his weight. Well, here's some background on, on old Z here. So he served in World War II. Okay. Of, of his age group of dudes from uh, Russia, only 3% of the people who served in the army for Russia in his age group survived the war. Damn. 3% dude. That's like an entire generation wiped out. Right. He makes it through the war and he decides he wants to be like uh, a teacher, like a, like a basically like a fucking gym teacher is what he goes to school for. But then he drops out of doing that and goes into like working for the government again. Okay. Yeah. And he's like, I think, I don't know this. Nobody said this specifically, but I think he like basically just becomes like a Russian spy. (laughs) Yeah. Or or like, uh, like, uh, what's it called? A, uh, like a sleeper cell, like a contractor. 
Oh, like, like a contract assassin type guy. Right. Right. So uh, another weird thing about this dude is they said that he was covered from like the neck to his ankles and tattoos. Nice. And most of them, like you couldn't even, I like figure out what it was you were even fucking looking at. And in a lot of spaces, it was just like lines of letters. But like when like they're doing the autopsy, they're like looking at like the lines of letters. They're trying to like figure out like what, like if they spelled, spelled out something, but like they had multiple different linguists look at it and like nobody can, it's like no discernible language. (laughs) It's just fucking random ass letters, like lines of letters. Yeah. So Nobody knows what the fuck's going on with this guy. He had like so many different aliases and all this other shit. And like UPI basically is just bringing him in. I, they think that it was like maybe a cover, like a cover job because basically right. it was like, he's going to be a quote unquote hiking instructor <laughs> at this, at this right. university. You know what I mean? Yeah. So and there was no even evidence that he was even an expert hiker or anything. It was just, you know, <laughs> yeah. So there's, so there's that guy. Yeah. All right. So here we go. So here's, here's the timeline. Here's what happened. Right. Okay. So they go out and they get out on this mountain and once they get out and that this is after the one year he decides he needs to go home because it's got sciatic flare-ups. Right. So they're like, all right, we need to get up to the side of this mountain. And once we get up there, we're going to climb a peak and then come back down. But first we got to get up past the tree line, set up camp. Then the next day, climb up the mountain do do our thing at the top and then come back down and do the thing. All right. That's the thing. That's the plan. Right. So they're, they're on their way out there and they meet up with this guy. Who's like a local hunter. Who's also an ex convict. Apparently. <laughs> of course. He, he'd like just got out of the gulag. Yeah. And they're like, they're like, Hey, you're like, they're like basically walking around town. Hey, everybody. Anybody know this area? Anybody? Hey, anybody can help us? And this guy comes over, like, hey, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, what are you doing? And they're like, all right, see this? This is our map. This is what we're planning on doing. This is what Igor showing them. Uh, the the guide. He's like, all right, this is my plan. And that dude's like, that's a dumb plan, man. Don't do that. That's stupid shit. Yeah. And he's like, why? Why? Why is that? Why is that dumb? And he's like, well, first of all, you say it's only going to take X amount of days, but it's really going to take Y amount of days. And so it's going to be like three days longer than what you're expecting. So whoever you just said, you're going to be back by Wednesday. You're really not going to be back till Saturday. So, you know, you got to think about that. First of all, secondly, we got these indigenous tribes that live on this mountain and they're called the uh the Mackies. No, they're they're called <laughs> they're called the Mancy. They're called the Mancy tribe, right? Yeah. So he's like, these people uh 
these people don't take too kind. You got two fucking females with you. This is like sacred land to them, which females aren't allowed on. And, oh, you're trying, and you're trying to take two girls. You know what happened the last time a female went on some sacred mancy land? Do you know what happened? Some crazy ass shit happened. That's what. So, yeah, <laughs> dude. <laughs> this and this is a true story. Yeah, the, the Russia was all communists and they were trying to be like anti-religion and anti-superstitions and shit. So they sent this communist woman who was like high up in the ranks down to the Mansi tribe and was like, Hey, like basically trying to convert them into communism. However the fuck they were going to do that. Yeah. And, uh, she noticed that there was this Island in the middle of this lake that they lived on the shore of. And she's like, Hey, what's up with that Island? And the Mansi uh, tribal leader was like, yeah, that's a uh, sacred island. And she's like, can I go check it out? And he's like, no, no woman allowed on sacred island. <laughs> and she's like, well, look, I'm trying to be like anti-religion, anti-spirituality, anti-superstition because I'm communist. So I'm going to say, fuck you. And I'm going to walk all over that fucking island. So she got right. out onto that island and and just trampled all over that island like see look ain't nothing gonna happen to me we know what happened they fucking tied her ass up and threw her in the water damn (laughs) and she fucking drowned and that was the end of that yeah so the high ups of russia got word of this and they're like oh fuck that so they went down there and they killed every single man that was in that tribe that lived Dang. on that shore just shot them all and killed them and of course the women and children then didn't have the women or the men to uh hunt for them and do all that shit and they ended up starving and dying that winter damn yeah so just wipe that whole local tribe right there out right like fuck so hit this so this this has just happened a few years before this whole hiking expedition is about to happen as a, a little backstory to the Mansi tribe. <laughs> right. Okay. So, so this, this ex gulag con is telling these people like, Hey, this is, you don't want to go up there. You got a couple of chicks with you. You don't want to go up there with girls. And they're like, ah, fuck that. Like, like it, they're c- completely covered from head to toe. You can't even tell that they're women. Like, right. It'll be fine. Don't worry about that. And he's like, all right, well, you know, I warned you, but have at it you know what this you know what this mountain's called by the way what mountain of the dead (laughs) (laughs) it is (laughs) literally that's what they call it that's the name of it yeah it translates into mountain of the dead (laughs) (laughs) why wouldn't it why why does all the it's not like fluffy fluffy pillow mountain no it's the 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 mountain of people with lost feet like it's just always the worst thing to come up (laughs) right (laughs) yeah especially when you find out what happens right so and this is before all this even happened that was what it was called mountain of the dead yeah anyways so they get out there 
they get everything's going well dude they've got cameras like they've got three or four cameras they got with them uh they're all taking like writing down in journals and stuff so like later when they find the bodies this is like the evidence that they have to go on after after that other yuri it's like a texas chainsaw massacre all over again right exactly so so they out they got their cameras they got their uh notepads that they're writing and they're to keep in journals and and according to the cameras like leading all the way up to this they're having basically the time of their lives man they're all having fun cutting loose like doing fucking bigfoot pranks on people like just having a great time right right so then like the last three or four pictures it just looks like straight up misery like it like it's hardcore snow blackout snow or whiteout snow coming down like they're struggling looks like they're struggling to dig in a snow to get like a camp set up and all this other shit yeah so they're supposed to be back on wednesday like i said comes and goes saturday comes and goes the following wednesday comes and goes like three weeks pass nobody's heard from them so they're like where the fuck is igor and the crew right well so they decide they're going to start a search party so upi students actually the the hiking team gets together and we're like, we're going to go search for these guys. Okay. Our soon to be hiking instructor is lost in the woods. We have to go find him. Right. Along with, you know, <laughs> like every up and coming fucking communist guy there is. <laughs> right. Yeah. So we've got to go find them. So they mount this big expedition of, uh, search and rescue to go find the missing hikers right so i think it takes like two weeks and they finally find an abandoned tent on the side hmm. of the mountain slope wow and the weird thing about this tent is one when you set up a tent on the side of the mountainside, on the side of the mountainside you're supposed to set it up so like you would set it up so like the opening of the tent like faces downwind, right? So you don't have right. wind blown into the tent constantly. Well, the this tent was set up facing up the mountain where the wind was coming down from, which was really mm-hmm. weird. And they're all super experienced mountaineers, so they would know not to set up a tent like that, right? Well, first right. of all, they would know not to set up a tent out in the middle of the side of the mountain. Normally you would set up your tent in like a tree line. Yeah. And especially the type of tent that they had was the type that where you would like basically tie either end to a tree and it would be like a hangover on either end of the rope. Right. Right. Like that's the type of tent that they had. Well, what they were using instead of two trees, cause there's no fucking trees out there was their skis and their ski poles. Mm, to basically pinch pitch these tents on right (laughs) so so they got this they got this tent all set up fucking functified well they they find the tent it's completely empty like i said it's abandoned Mm -hmm. but 
the other weird thing about it is that it looked like they took knives and sliced their way out of the tent through the side. Damn. Instead of just walking out the door. Right. And, and which is like baffles people to this day as to why they didn't just walk out the door. And instead they used their knives to slice open the side of the tent to get out of the tent. Okay. Mm. So, so they find this. So now they're like, okay, so let's expand the search area from this, from this area. Right. Well, outside of the tent, they see footprints in the snow. Okay. It looks like about eight or nine people's worth of footprints going in like a straight line. Like, uh, what do they call when you walk in a straight line? Single file. That's it. <laughs> there you go. Walking single file down the mountain towards the tree line. Right. So they're like, oh, fuck. Okay. Well, let's just follow the footprints. So they right. start walking down the side of the mountain and they get to the tree line and there's this giant spruce tree right at the edge of the tree line. And at the bottom of that spruce tree, they find both the Yuri's. They find bear hammer Yuri and I uh-huh. work in a secret facility Yuri. Oh, okay. And they're both naked under the tree lying dead next to a extinguished fire Hmm. and the tree behind them this big giant spruce tree they could tell where limbs were broken and ripped off the tree or not ripped but cut off the tree with a a knife of some type up to 15 feet high damn and they find like skin was flayed off and like embedded into the bark of a tree. Damn. And, and both the Yuri's have third degree burns on their hands and feet and legs and arms. Fucking weird shit, man. But th- that didn't cause their death. Their death was listed as hypothermia. If they died from the cold, because mind you, this is the, uh, First couple days of February in fucking Russia, it's right on a mountain, in Siberia on on the yeah. mountain of the dead. It's negative thirty degrees out. So somehow they caught themselves on fire. They took their clothes off to maybe because their clothes burnt up, and then you know the other ones had to stomp out the fire and just ripped off limbs. And just beat the fire. Well, people are like, how did they even get up to the 15 foot tree limbs? Right. Well, they easy. You climb up, you start at the top and work your way down. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, the, that makes sense. They have problems. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, that's what I would do. I mean, yeah. but it's, it's like how many tree limbs do you need? Like, are they using for firewood or they, they didn't even use it for firewood? Yeah. They used like, ser- other wood that was around just laying on the ground was what they're using for firewood. Or they, those branches beaten. were just laying on the ground. That's even weirder. Yeah. So, so a couple of days later, 
the search and rescue team starts finding bodies that looked like they were trying to hike from the tree line back up to where the tent was. So in between the tent on the side of the mountain and the fire pit down at the tree line, they find three more bodies all positioned like they're trying to hike their way back up towards the tent. Yeah. And they're all in various states of undress. Okay. So you had the, you had the two Yuri's that were down by the tree and the three that they found hiking back up towards the tent was Igor, the guide Zena, his girlfriend Mm. and rusty. Rusty, sorry, buddy. Yeah, so Rusty was actually the closest one to the tent. He almost made it. Not quite. Mm. So when we talk about, so let's a little bit about the, the uh, so these are the first five that are found. A little bit about like their injuries real quick. Uh, like I said, all five of these people died of hyperthermia, but they all had sustained injuries that were uh, not post-mortem, but, but before they had died. Okay. So with, right. Right. So the two Yuri's, like I said, they had uh, extensive burns on their body, but also uh, bear hammer Yuri, <laughs> bear hammer Yuri had a swollen and split lip and two black eyes. Hmm. And the secret facility, Yuri, had a contusion, had a huge contusion on the side of his head that appeared like it looked like he got maybe struck by maybe one of those tree branches or something heavy. Right. Busted him across the side of the head. Now we've got Igor, Zena, and Rusty trying to make their way up. Well, Rusty, he had a black eye and died of hyperthermia. Igor, he had bruised knuckles like he'd been in a fight and a in a big like long gash across his palm where it looked like maybe he'd grabbed the wrong end of a knife and it sliced okay. the inside of his palm. Right. And then obviously he also died of hypothermia though. And then Xena, she had uh bruised up fists like like she'd been in a fight too, but then she also had a 12 inch long, narrow, bloody bruise that extended from like her belly all the way to her middle of her back, where it looked like maybe she'd got whipped by either a baton or like a, a ski pool or something across the side. Sounds like those two got in a fight with the other two with all the bruises and was like, these guys have lost their damn mind. Let's go back. Yeah. I mean, something like that. So, yeah. So these are the first five, right? So we're still missing three more people, right? Right. No, we're missing four more people. We're missing four more people. So it's like another two or three months before they find the last four people. Now there was the, there was a tent and then three bodies and then the tree line where the two Yuri's were. Okay. So you're going right. down the hill, right? Well, another 250 mm-hmm. feet down further than that 
was this ravine. And inside this ravine was a small creek and 13 feet of snow piled up. And underneath that 13 feet of snow was the other four bodies basically piled on top of one another. Damn. So now, now we found Alexander, Luda, Nick, Luda, and Z. Fuck okay. Boy. Yeah. Okay. So they're all down there, right? Yeah. Their injuries are fucking crazy, dude. Both, both Z, well, first Nick, Nick has like his entire skull is basically just crushed wide the fuck open. Damn. Like it looked like the coroner said it looked like he walked out onto a highway and then stuck his head out like this and waited for a semi truck to come by and just damn (laughs) like that was how catastrophic the head damage to him was it was like right like the whole back of his head was just completely smashed in like like almost he fell in the ravine head first well they said that if if he if it was from a fall he would have had to have fallen from at least higher than 60 feet and landed directly on the back of his head but Damn. the hot, but the edge of the edge of the ravine was only 15 feet high. That's Nick. Okay. Yeah. Now, now we've got uh, <laughs> Z and Z and Luda both had almost every one of their ribs was broken. Yeah. One, like both of their ribs, they had broke so much and so badly that they'd punctured their own lungs and heart. So that would, that those were fatal wounds. Yeah. Those dunzo on top of that. Luda had her, uh, uh, what's it called? Her hyoid bone was broken, which usually indicates a strangulation attempt. Mm, like when people yeah. get strangled, like that's the first thing that a uh, coroner looks for to see if your hyoid bones broken in your neck yeah and hers was was definitely broken but on top of that on top of that both of her eyes were scooped out of her fucking head what and i don't mean like eaten out by like animals or whatever i mean scooped out yeah like i'm gonna save these for later yeah Okay. And Z had both of his eyes scooped out of his head. Damn. On top of that, Luda had her tongue sliced out of her mouth. Damn. And all this they could tell from the wounds happened while they were still alive. Yeah. (laughs) Dude, that's some gruesome shit. No shit. And how does nature do that? <laughs> nature. The answer is nature doesn't do that. Right. Nature isn't that picky. Okay. A weird, weird thing about a weird thing about this though is so you got these three bodies in the bottom of this ravine buried underneath 13 feet of snow. They got these horrific wounds on them right right 
And then there's Alexander, who's also buried underneath this 13 feet of snow. Not a single injury on his entire body. Huh. Nothing. He just simply died from hyperthermia. Like a gentleman. Like a a gentleman. (laughs) Yeah. Mm, That's not fishy. That's what's up with that. Yeah. Damn. That's wild. Crazy shit, dude. Right. Did they find the eyes? Never found the eyes or the tongue. Mm. Never found. I wonder if they they check the stomachs of these people. Um, (laughs) You got a Hannibal Lecter on a fucking spring break trip. Um, Yeah, but they all died. The whole group died. Right. Unless it was, you know, Rusty. He was the closest one getting back to the tent. (laughs) See, uh, but the uh, the three were the furthest down the hill, right? Yeah. So I think that's what you got to figure out first is what do you think happened first? Yeah. Well, all right. Like, so I'm going to go through this list of weird aspects to this before we get into theories. Okay. All right. Go. All right. All right, right sorry. Here, here's, I'm getting ahead of myself. Here's some weird oh. aspects to the whole situation. Okay. Weird aspects. Most of the bodies had abrasions on their eyelids, like they were wearing really tight blindfolds. Mm, interesting. Okay. Yeah. I think the only one that they didn't find that was uh, Nick, and that was just because his whole... Well, no, Nick and Luda. I forgot to say, half of Luda's face was missing. Oh, okay. Like, just like sliced off yeah like not eaten off by animals but just sliced off right okay so her and and uh nick because of the severe head damage they couldn't tell if they had abrasions on their eyelids but everyone else most definitely did Right. Another weird aspect was, like I said earlier, the tent was cut open from the inside, but it didn't have any rips in it. So you would think if you're like trying to, because a lot of people think that there was something crazy happening there, trying to get out of the tent as quick as humanly possible. So they just grabbed a knife and cut the side. But you would think if you're doing that, you would like grab the two sides where you just cut and like literally rip it open so you could get out, right? Right, right. But there's no rips at all. It's just all clean, straight slices. Hmm. Uh, another weird aspect was, uh, as I said earlier, that the footprints in the snow going down the hill were all in a single file line, and and the 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 uh, cadence or the the manner of the steps appeared as though it was not like a running, like they weren't trying to fucking run to the tree line, but they're just like in a casual walk. And like, they could yeah. tell, they could tell that it looked like some of the people like further back in the line, even like intentionally tried to step in the steps 
of the people in front of them. Like, so that's mm. how slow that they're walking. Yeah. Okay. Almost trudgingly. Right. Right. Another weird aspect was Z had a second secret camera, which he had around his neck when they found his body. No. Oh. So the Yuri that lived said that there was like three or four. I think when he said there was four cameras and all four of those cameras were accounted for inside the tent when they originally found the tent. Uh-huh. But then when they found Z's body down in the creek in the bottom of the ravine, he had an additional camera, which, which Yuri didn't even know that they had at the beginning of the, at the beginning of the trip right around his neck and all unfortunately all of the film that was in that camera got ruined in the creek water oh damn or so they say (laughs) right another weird aspect was all the knives were accounted for and inside of their respective sheaths inside of the tent hmm When they found the tent. But how is that possible if they're using knives to cut branches down at the at the tree line? Right. They also found an empty knife sheath laying in the snow outside of the tent, but no knife to go with the sheath. So here's the weird thing about knives in Russia in 1959. They were kind of like guns here in the United States now. You had to have a license for them. (laughs) For real? Yeah, like these big-ass fucking hunting knives and shit that they had. Yeah. You couldn't just have one of those. You had to have it it registered. Well, I could buy those things at dudes at the fair when I was like 10 years old. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Right. <laughs> yeah. Well, at this time, they weren't allowed to have those unless they were registered. Right. Only one of the hikers, I think it was Rusty, actually had a license to carry one of those knives. But three of the other guys also had those knives. They just had didn't have them registered. Right. But the Yuri that survived, he basically told the authorities, like, I know that four of them, I know Rusty had his register, but I know the other three had them. They just, it was like a, like a secret. I know they had them though. Yeah. Well, the four, so that's four knives. Well, all four of those knives were the four knives that were found in the tent, in their sheaths. Hmm. So the fifth sheath that was outside in the wood or in the snow, nobody knows where that came from. And what did they use to cut the branches down? Because they used a knife. They could tell from the branches that they weren't just broken off, that somebody actually used a knife to cut them off. Weird, weird aspect. I think they had a stalker, but yeah, keep going. Another weird aspect was military cloth for a boot was found in the ravine, which is... Which is weird because none of those guys. So also in 1950, you got to think about the time in 1959 in Russia, uh, their military members would uh, 
use these like long skinny cloths and they would wrap them around their boots for like extra warmth. Yeah. And it was just a well-known thing that all military guys did. Well, none of these hikers did that. They all had like super furry boots that they didn't need to do that. And, and none of them had these type of cloths that you would wrap around a boot. Also, if you had a cloth for one boot, you would have a second cloth for a second boot, right? Yeah. Yeah. It makes sense. So when they found the one cloth for the one boot, but there wasn't attached to a boot, it was just like laying in a tree limb. They went searching in the tent when they did their investigation to see if they could find a second boot cloth. Thinking maybe that one of these guys had that and they could never find a second boot cloth. So Mm. the case of the boot cloth. I don't know. Interesting. Another interesting fact was that they found a working flashlight on top of the tent in the off position and not a single drop of fucking snow on top of it. Ooh, that is weird. When they found the tent. Yeah. Just laying up there. Just just sitting up there. They just missed somebody. Yeah. Yuri K's camera. Uh, so this is a secret facility guy. His camera was cocked and on a tripod. So back in the day, they had to basically, you could set it up like they called it cocking a camera. So basically it was like, now it's like a, like how digital cameras are now. So as soon as something happened, you just go, bam, hit the button and it captures whatever it is that you're trying to get a picture of. Right. Right. Well, an experienced photographer at that time, uh, normally wouldn't do this because it ruin it'll like waste it'll waste an exposure. Mm. So like you only have so many exposures on the film. In order to do this whole cocking method, you're basically going to waste a whole exposure in order to get it ready for the next picture, right? Right. So. They said that in all the other pictures that he took throughout the trip before then, he had never done that. And then all of a sudden, when they find the tent, they see there's his camera set up on a tripod with it cocked, ready to go, like facing out the door, like he's just waiting for something to happen. And then, bam, catch right. the picture, which they think is really strange. All right. So uh, second to last thing that's really weird, a weird thing a weird aspect is they found radiation on the clothes of the all the people that were down inside of the ravine say what they found radiation on the clothes of all four of the people that they found down on the bottom of the ravine damn that's some wild shit and not just a little trace amount of radiation but a shit ton of fucking radiation on their clothes Mm. like the guy like the guy working the geiger counter was like like you wouldn't find this much radiation on a guy who worked inside of a nuclear plant maybe there's a uranium mine down there i don't know uh (laughs) and the last weird aspect was that both the women according to their autopsy reports died virgins 
Well, that's nice. <laughs> I mean, I mean, that's a good thing. I mean, you know, if you got to go, I mean, you know, whatever, like, I don't, well, it depends on who you talk to, but yeah, yeah. Like, so there wasn't that kind of malicious intent. Um, I'm just trying to find the silver lining here, man. Uh, <laughs> um, the, yeah. uh, well, again, they came from these highly well-to-do communist families. Right. And I think there was they had a lot of pull and a lot of influence. And they basically were like, look, if nothing else, let them die with dignity. Right. You know, so that was like the main thing that came out from the, it was like a big hootie tootie when the autopsy reports came out back then was that, they made a big emphasis on the fact that that they that their dignity was intact. Right, right. Yes. So they did not have relations with the Yeti. Right. Yeah. Or, or at least it wasn't reported. <laughs> right. Mount Everest ain't got shit on me. Mount Everest ain't got shit on me. Cause I'm on top of the world I'm on top of the world Yeah Marge Dubai ain't got shit on me You can touch the sky but you ain't got shit on me Cause I'm on top of the world I'm on top of the world And build it up again. Tell him I burn it down twice just for the fun of it. Tell him so much money I don't know what to do with it. Tell him I don't pick up my phone, ain't knowing what the time. Tell him I got me one gun and an alibi. Tell him so much love that the whole thing feel like a lie. Nobody, I don't need 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 nobody. Alex, there's 75 different known theories as to what happened. Fuck. But you know, you know what none of those theories have? What? Serverless thoughts. (laughs) You damn right. They don't have serverless thoughts. So we're going to figure this out right 
fucking now dude if you google yep. this shit if you google this uh the pass of the mountain of the dead and you google diatlov pass incident right. you'll get all kinds of news articles pop up saying that the mystery has been solved we know what happened da, 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 da. and almost every one of those news articles is going to try and convince you that what killed these people was a fucking avalanche really really an avalanche like i've heard of like getting the shit knocked out of you and your shoes coming off but i've never heard of that happening fucking people's eyes get popped out um it's because it doesn't happen that way exactly it doesn't happen that way so right so here's here's what i'm gonna say about the avalanche Uh, the slope that they were camped on that they found the tent on the investigators that initially came and found that tent uh the last thing that they thought happened was an avalanche Mm. there was zero evidence in the snow that an avalanche had happened there was nothing on the richter scale from that day that proved that an avalanche happened because of seismic activity uh their tent was still standing and intact. There was a fucking flashlight on their tent without even any snow on it. Right. Uh, there was still footprints in the fucking snow. And the slope of the mountain was so at an angle to where the investigators basically, like when they first heard this theory, was like, you can't even tell if you like are standing where their tent was, you can't even tell that there's even a slope. Like it's that mm. it looks that flat. Right. And it and there has to be science proves <laughs> this is science now that you have to have at least a 30 degree angle on a slope for there to be an avalanche. I mean it makes there, sense. Which there most definitely was not. But right. You, the most telling evidence that there wasn't an avalanche is that up until this point in the history of the earth, there had never been an avalanche on that mountain. Hmm. Wow. And there has never been one since. I think that alone, along with the fact that an avalanche won't rip your tongue out of your mouth. Right. And scoop your eyeballs cleanly out of your head uh, tells me that it wasn't an avalanche. Yeah, that's what I'm leaning towards. Yeah. I don't think it was an avalanche. Another theory was that something got in to the tent and they had to try and get out like an animal, like a wolverine or a bear or something like that. And they had to get out. So they grabbed their knife and they and it was blocking the front door and they sliced their way out of the side of the tent, even though they were half undressed and took off running down the side of the hill to get away from that wolverine inside of the right. tent. Well, I don't think that I don't think that this one one Yuri had a buckeye in his pocket. So <laughs> What? (laughs) 
That's for my Ohio State Ohio State fam. Ohio State Buckeye fans. Yeah. That's who that joke got. That's what that joke was for. <laughs> Fuck them Wolverines. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, there's no evidence. There's zero evidence of this. Inside the tent, they found crackers that were uncrunched. They found a cup of of cocoa, like they were about to make a cup of cocoa that had not even spilled over, was still sitting on the little table that they had set up. Wow. Like all their beds were still all perfectly made and shit. Like mm-hmm. <laughs> there was no animal inside of that fucking tent. Right. It would have ravaged the inside like crazy. Right. So there was absolutely no evidence. Also, you have to remember, and this goes for the avalanche theory too, their footprints were them casually walking down the slope, right. not running in fear. Okay. Yeah. So also one of the last pictures that was taken on one of the cameras off in the distance in the tree line, you see a figure that a lot of people think is a picture of Yeti. Nice. Like they caught a picture of Yeti, but then a lot of people look at that and are like, no, that's obviously just a man standing there. And then the debate is, is it, one of the group or is it like a Russian special forces guy? Nice. But nobody knows for sure. It could be Yeti. Right. We don't know. But let me tell you one thing. One of the journals that they made was like a satirical newspaper, basically. Like they created this amongst themselves, which I think is hilarious. Yeah. And, and they would like all like they would basically have like headlines in it. And like the headline would be like inside jokes, like just talking smack about each other. But one of the last entries into the satirical newspaper that they had as a kind of a group journal was something about it said like the headline was like uh, researchers find that. On the mountain of dead, the Yeti lives. <laughs> <laughs> so they're like, and a lot of people were like, look, like they were just like the whole thing that they were writing there was all just a bunch of different jokes. Right. Like, but other people were like, no, no, that proves that they saw Yeti up there somewhere. They're there. That's what they were there for. That's what they were there for. So another theory is something called paradoxical unclothing have you ever heard of this uh no but it sounds weirdly familiar like i have i just don't remember it so when you're suffering from hypothermia a lot of times you can basically it feels like your skin is on fire yes you're getting super hot but actually you're freezing to death but because your body thinks that you're getting super hot, you almost subconsciously just start ripping your own clothes off. Oh, okay. So like the two Yuri's that would explain them a little right. bit. Exactly. Well, I think that maybe instead of paradoxical unclothing, they actually suffered from pterodactyl unclothing. Pterodactyl. Yes. Pterodactyl. 
Or is it like um, pterodactyl on clothing? See, what this? happened was there was a pterodactyl that flew down and was standing at the at the entrance to the to the tent and was squawking at him like, ah, rah, rah, and they're like, oh, fuck. And they sliced open the side of the tent and they tried to get out. And once they got out, they started trying to get away from the pterodactyl and it started swooping down at them as they're going down the side of the mountain and it would each time it would take a pass it would rip another piece of clothing off as it went by yeah pterodactyl on clothing (laughs) see i was sitting there thinking what if it's uh what's that like like esp but it's like with fire like pyrotechnic or something like that. Like what if one of them freaked out because of hypothermia and its brain caught the other two and gave them like skin burns. So they took their clothes off because they were suffering hypothermia on top of actually getting burned. Mm, maybe, maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Pyrokinesis. That's what it is. Pyrokinesis. That sounds fantastic. All right, so there's there's dude, like I said, there's 75 different known theories as right. to what happened. Uh, also, right. there was multiple other groups of hikers that were around this mountain area mm-hmm. at the same time, and all of those groups reported seeing lights in the sky. Okay, like giant orange balls of fire in the sky pyrokinesis man yeah 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 or maybe aliens or aliens okay we could go aliens or maybe military bombs Ooh. yeah okay 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 so there's a thing called thermo bearing or bearing thermo baronotic pressure bombs and basically what these do is they have intense heat and pressure, air pressure, that when they explode, and there's no like shrapnel or anything like that. It's just intense heat and pressure that yeah. goes off when they explode, which do have the resulting effects of your eyes and tongue being ripped out of your head. Okay. And it is known that the Russian military was, in fact, testing these bombs on that mountain at different times throughout the 1950s. Mm, Well, there you go. Okay. Yeah. Now, Z is a former army guy and had a lot of experience with all this kind of shit. And if he was, see, they think somebody Z was the full, like most completely dressed out of the whole group. And they think that he was, um, and he had the camera around his neck. So they think that when they do these, when they do these test bombings on the sides of mountains and stuff like that, when they did this back in the fifties, they would first let out flares 
they would like send down parachute down flares from an airplane and then as the flares are going down then they would start dropping these bombs okay mm-hmm. so what they think is is that maybe z was already outside because somebody was outside due to evidence that they found in the snow taking a leak when all this happened so somebody's outside taking a leak I think Z was outside taking a leak. That was his flashlight that he set up on top of the tent. And he had his camera out there. And really, he was getting out because he thought that maybe he could catch some pictures of some of some. I think he I think he knew that there was going to be some military shit going on over there and he was going to try and get some pictures of it. Yeah. And he got out there. He had his camera. He's taking a leak. And instead of, I think he thought it was probably going to be like they're doing some like rocket tests or something like that that he could get pictures of and then sell to the CIA. Maybe. And instead, he saw flares starting to drop like they were about to drop one of those bombs down on the side of that mountain. Yeah. And he knows what the flares mean. So as soon as he sees the flares, he's like, oh, fuck. And he like yells in like, we got to get the fuck out of here. And then they slice open the tent and they start heading down the mountain. Dude, I don't know. None of this makes sense. (laughs) (laughs) I know. Well, I I like your theory so far because it makes sense of why they left the tent. Right. So that's why they would leave the tent. They get down to the tree line. Okay. Once they get to the tree line, they are down at the tree line. And a lot of people think that then if you go by this theory, they climb the side of the tree to get a better view of the tent to try and see if like they were done like doing the bombing or whatever the fuck they're doing up there. And then one of the, and it was a super windy night. So one of the bombs and they come down on parachutes might've got hit with a wind gust and flew down and actually hit the side of like where they're all chilling at and basically just annihilated three of them. Okay. I was going to say like, maybe it hit three of them. Maybe the ones without the eyes and shit and like the head concussion. Right. Like, he, like, like took, they took the full force. The other ones, knowing that they're dead, threw them down in the ravine. And, but they're all experiencing radiation poisoning and crazy shit. So two of them are acting well, weird. Only the ones in the ravine had the radiation on them. Yeah. So they got hit with the blast the most. Right. So they're the only one had residual radiation. So they got hit with it. The other ones, knowing that they're dead, throw them down in the ravine and then start to make their way back up. And on the way back up, the two Yuri's start acting weird and showing signs of radiation poisoning, maybe, or like losing their minds or hypothermia. And in those conditions, you can't stick around to try to help somebody or you'll get yourself killed. So everyone else goes, they're fucking dead. And so they're like, here, we'll build you a fire. They build a fire. They leave them there. 
they take off their clothes, run around naked, they die. <laughs> and the other ones try to go back to the tent, even though they're walking right back into blast zone area. So weird thing. Another weird thing is that yeah. kind of goes against what you're saying is that, uh, you, uh, uh, Luda and Luda and Nick had were wearing the clothes of the two Yuri's, and they right, were well, that changes were, everything. And they were down in the ravine, so they were wearing the two the clothes of the two Yuri's, and they're down in the ravine. Yeah. So Luda and Nick Fuckboy murdered their Yuri's. <laughs> <laughs> Or actually, you know what? The two Yuri's might have died and they just took their clothes to get warm. Right. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah. So we could, we could, we could stick with that. Okay. Um, so so, something happened at the tent to make them walk, walk, not run, but walk. One cut out the side of the tent and then walk down the hill to the tree line. Where they then built a large fire. Okay. This is this has all been proven. They had this huge bonfire built down there, okay? Which they said that they had to have intentionally extinguished because it didn't burn out on it. They could tell by looking at the wood that it didn't burn out on its own. They intentionally extinguished it with right. with snow. Okay. Uh-huh. So they had to have, for some reason, sliced out the side of the tent, slowly walked down the hill, got to the bottom of the hill, built this huge fire, cut like tree branches down, which they didn't use as as fucking logs as firewood. They had already assembled a bunch of other firewood from around neighboring trees and shit. And then at some point, the two Yuris die. They get stripped of their clothing to keep the other ones warm. And then three of them decide to go up and four of them go down. This is where I get lost. This is where I don't understand. All right. Here's another aspect. Okay. All right. One more. Here's one more, one more, uh, one more theory here. I'm going to throw into that. We got to think about here. The Mancy tribe. Oh, yeah. Okay. The Mansi tribe. Some people think that the Mansi tribe showed up at their tent. The reason they didn't find the footprints of the Mansi tribe is because the Mansi tribe is from this area. And if anybody knows how to fucking get rid of evidence that they're there, it's the fucking Mansi tribe. True. So they think that the Mansi tribe was in the front of the tent. So they couldn't go out the front and they told them basically go out the side or they had them all come out of the tent and the actual like tribe guys go in and slice up the tent. So that's unusable. Makes sense. Okay. And then there's evidence showing that as they're walking down the hill in a single file line, that a couple of them start to like veer off to either side. And then, and then within two or three steps are back in line. Mm-hmm. Like somebody's actually hurting them down the hill. See, I thought that I was thinking like one single psycho Hannibal Lecter motherfucker, but like 
this would make sense. The Mansi okay. tribe. Yeah. Right. So then they get to the bottom of the hill to the tree line. They are the ones who build this big bonfire. Okay. And at the bonfire, they do some kind of crazy ass ritual where they fucking rip out this chick's tongue and eyeballs and this other dude's eyeballs. And they do like some kind of crushing thing on them, like some kind of crazy crushing thing that they do where it crushes their ribs and shit in them. And mm. they all, and they die like that. Right. And Nick tries to come and jump in the save or whatever. And he gets busted across the back of the head with a big ass fucking rock or something. Or one of those big, right. like, like, sledgehammer fucking things that they carry as battle axes or whatever right right yeah and just boom right in the back of the head about takes his whole fucking head off right he done right he yeah he done yeah he done so, so then after they done killed them and 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 maybe they think that maybe they think that Luda is the only girl. Maybe she's the only one that talks because she's the most vocal out of the whole group, right? Yeah. So she's out there yelling and Xena doesn't say a fucking word the whole time. She's like, I'm a dude. 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 Right. right? So they, they do their whole ritual thing on Luda. Take her out. Take out Z because he's like trying to stop it. Take out Nick because he's trying to stop it. Right. And the, other, the rest of them are like, fuck, we're done. Like, we're not trying to stop shit. Right. Then they go and somehow they end up in the fucking ravine. <laughs> <laughs> right. Somehow or they maybe, end up in the ravine. I think maybe they just get thrown in there. Like, they just take them down and throw them in the ravine. Yeah. Maybe they're giving it as a like, celebrations towards their god or whatever or yeah. like uh uh what is it tribute right so they throw him in a ravine maybe it's then alexander goes down there to try and see if he can save them or something or see if they're still alive see if he can do anything to help them and he ends up dying right. of hyperthermia mm-hmm. and then the the rest of the group is all up by that bonfire well before the Mansi tribe leaves, they throw a bunch of snow on the bonfire to put it out and they're like, fuck you guys. And they all leave. Like then the tribe yeah. leaves, like you're all going to die now. <laughs> yeah. And sure enough, they die. But still, that doesn't explain why Luda and Nick had on the two Yuri's clothes. Oh man, I was so close. <laughs> No, you were on a roll there. I liked it. But like, so here's another thing. Like another people that like this theory is because they found like none of them had boots on. They mm. all had, they were all shoeless and they found all of their boots just piled up in the middle of the tent. Like basically somebody had took all their boots, walked back up to the tent and just threw them all into the middle of the tent. Damn. Same thing with her knives. That like all their knives were found sheathed and thrown into the middle of the tent. Right. So they think that maybe the Mansi tribe did that. Like they it was like part of their thing. Like they took their like we're gonna take your knives so you can't cut down branches and shit to build this fire back up and we're gonna take your boots too. So fuck you. Right. Mm, that's not bad. Um uh, 
Yeah, it could be also a way to keep them from running away. Right. Yeah. Like, well, yeah, they're nowhere. freezing. Yeah, yeah. Like, you're going to stay with us because we're taking away. Like, you don't have a tent. You don't have shoes. You don't have knives. Like, you won't survive without us. Yeah. Even though they don't know they're only going to survive just a little bit. Right. Oh, yeah. That is a good point. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, because if you're capturing people on a side of a mountain, you would want to limit their options. Well, yeah, because it looked like they're a lot of the investigators they said it looked like the from the footprints of them walking down the down the slope like like most of them were barefoot or right. just had socks on according to the footsteps only one of them had one boot on damn <laughs> and that was z z had one boot on and he was found with his one boot and his other boot was found in the tent. Mm. I wonder why the one boot, they just like, oh, my foot hurts. I don't know. Um, the one boot thing just could be like, maybe they're rushing them, trying to like, hey, take your shoes off. Like I said, limit mobility. Because somebody knew about it. It, it was either that or... Uh, didn't you say there was a crazy guy they ran into down at the bottom and told him like, Oh, it's not this. And that's not that. And he was in jail. Yeah. Maybe he's maybe he's the psycho killer. that stalked him up the damn so, hill. So here's another weird thing that I didn't tell you about this guy. Okay. Yeah. And Zena's journal, the night, like it was like, I think that that night with the last thing that she wrote in her journal was that guy's name. Mm. That was the only thing she wrote in her journal for that whole day was she wrote the date and then she wrote that guy's name real big in capital letters. Mm. Sounds like it was that fucking guy. <laughs> and it, maybe he would have been, maybe he worked with the Mansi tribe. Like it just like, it seemed like he knew the area. He knew his stuff. He's got a criminal rec- criminal record. He was going to fuck these people up. Yeah. And that's why he was like, hey, tell tell all your friends and family it's going to take longer. Right. Because I need time to prepare. Oh, yeah. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. Well, like no, it's going to be a few extra days. Right. Because I got plans and they, this is going to take a while. Yeah. There's nine of you motherfuckers. Right. He's like, I've got to split you all up. I've got to do this. I've got to dictate. I've got to bring out a gun. Like, yeah, you're all fucking military dudes, <laughs> right? Like, <laughs> I don't know what you would do to show up. I mean, if they're all in the tent, and he just shows up, sort of slashing the tent, and he's got a gun in their face. And he's like, "All right, walk single file." But it was cut from the inside. Oh, was it? Yeah, that was the first weird aspect. Maybe it was he busted through the tent with the gun and two of them naturally reacted by cutting the uh, thing. And he goes, all right, everybody take your Bowie knives out. And let's walk single file down this hill. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because, you know, I feel like single file is very threatening. That's why I like the Mancy thing makes sense. Like they have, but you would think it would be single file in other like footprints all off to the side so you can see them all in a row 
Well, that's what they were saying about the Mansi tribe was if anybody could cover their footprints up, it would be them. Well, plus, that would they'd, exist. Be, plus they wouldn't be barefoot. Like, cause this is deep snow, right? So these guys, when they're walking barefoot, their feet are like sinking a foot or two into the snow as they're stepping. Right. Well, if you got like snowshoes on, you're just gliding along the side of the, the side of the snow. Yeah. You know, yeah. you're not even putting imprints in like that. Pretty much. Yeah. So, so, and then like I was saying, like they, they're, if anybody could cover up their tracks itself. Oh yeah. So you think they could be working hand in hand together, huh? Could be. Another He's theory is, is these guys were, cause they're all like military dudes. They're, they thought that maybe, maybe cause they had to get permission from their superior officers to even do this hike. Right. So a lot of people were thinking that because it was like a whole group of them, they all had like these different specialities and they're all like super high ranked and like the fucking atom bomb nuclear shit, right. That they were trying to de facto out and meet up with CIA guys and like go across the border right there into Finland. Mm, that actually plicken, thickens the plot a little bit. Right. So they think that maybe special forces, Russia guys, KGB guys come down in a helicopter and they force them out of the tent. It's not bad. It, it would explain the uh, lack of prints. They would freak out and cut the thing, maybe. Um, but basically, so it's the same thing. Instead of that, instead of that gulag dude, it's it's Russian special forces forcing them down. Right, right. What did uh, the three people that died in the ravine that had the horrific deaths? What did they do? All right, so Luda was just like, uh, like a communist princess, right? Right. <laughs> uh, Nick was a UPI graduate, and his dad was the one that was the anti-communist that died in the gulag. Oh, that's right. And then the other one was Z, who was the 38-year-old ex-spy, we're thinking. Hmm. I mean, that is the odd group of people then, because it's like you got super communists, you got someone that's against the government at hand, and then you got someone who could very well be a hidden spy or double agent or whatever, and they get the most gruesome out of the group. Right. Because someone thought they were working in cahoots. Right. And right. then the fourth guy that was found in a ravine with them that only had had absolutely no injuries, but just died of hypothermia, was Alexander, who was part of the Ministry of Medium Machine Building. He had the highest security clearance out of the whole group. Hmm. Well, yeah, they were like, "Well, he's not a threat, but we don't leave we don't leave witnesses. Throw him in the ravine. Boom." <laughs> 
Yeah, he's. I'm one of you. Right. Not today, son. Not nope, today. Sorry. See you next time. <laughs> Catch you on the flip side. <laughs> yep. So yeah, man. So that's what happened, and nobody knows. Nobody can figure it out. Yeah, that's wild. That's some wild shit. I'm gonna think about this for quite some time. We might have to have a part two. Because I feel like I'm going to look this shit up. Like, it's already making me think of, like, movie ideas. I don't know if there's been a movie made about this. There might have. There probably is. There probably, probably. is. I just got to find it. And then uh, I know there's at least four or five different books that I've already found. that, And each one of the books, basically, the whole first half is the exact same book. <laughs> They just tell all the details that all the other books tell. And then like the whole second half is them trying to convince you of either it was the Mansi tribe or it was like an avalanche or it was uh, some kind of conspiracy theory with like this, the government or like these geologists who just happen to be in the area that were like setting off seismic charges to like look yeah, at right. rocks. Mm. so that shit was going on too which i didn't even get into yeah like dude there's so many different like i said 75 different theories yeah we're gonna have to dig into this a little bit deeper we just discovery the the discovery channel thinks it was yeti (laughs) (laughs) well i know we haven't even talked about that all right well we're gonna have to revisit this one for sure (laughs) because it's it's piqued my interest yeah yeah oh yeah we'll get to it Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. What do you think? Email us at soberlessthoughts at gmail.com. Where can they find us on social media, Alex? Oh, you can find us on all the social medias. Uh, you can find us on Facebook at Soberless Thoughts. You can find us on Instagram at Soberless Thoughts. Don't forget to tweet, tweet, tweet us on that Twitter fear, Twitter sphere at Think Soberless. Uh, if you want to like, share, and comment on all things serverless thoughts, we would love that immensely. And by all means, one of our best ways for you to let the world know about us for us is by word of mouth, by telling people, Hey, check us out on those podcatchers, whether it's Google play iTunes or Spotify. Also like share and comment. We'd love to hear about them. And don't forget we're here for you guys. So if you have any inspirational ideas, you have any drink ideas, you got anybody you want to hear more of, you're like, hey, I really like that Michael Reimer guy. Get him back on the podcast. I'm like, we'll pump him full of liquor and bring him back on in a hurry just for you guys. So just let us know. Uh, So yeah, email us at uh, soberlessthoughts at gmail.com. That's correct. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. That's something that Michael Reimer would do. Yeah, that's exactly. After that whole big buildup, he just... <laughs> yes. <laughs> Indubitably. 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 <laughs> so when you find yourself in a skillet, you need to stay cheesy. Keep it greasy. And flip on out. Flip on out. is
Jesus.